Welcome to Shane Gibson's Sales Podcast. Today's podcast, actually the next three podcasts, are going to be focused on complex selling and managing complex business relationships. What I thought I'd do is start off with really a definition of complex sales. This is actually a definition that uh, I could take some credit for myself. Uh, once in a while, I guess, when I'm sort of sitting back and browsing the net, I'll move into Wikipedia and do a little editing on some of the entries. And so this, along with probably a couple dozen other people, is a definition we've come up with for complex sales. Here, I'm going to read the entry to you. Complex sales, also known as enterprise sales, can refer to a method of trading sometimes used by organizations in procuring large contracts for goods and or services where the customer takes control of the selling process by issuing a request for proposal and requiring a proposal response from previously identified or interested suppliers. Complex sales involves long sales cycles with multiple decision makers. Multiple stakeholders and stakeholder groups contribute to every complex sale. Any product or service may become a complex sale. In some instances, a complex sale occurs when the market is mature and the stakes are high enough to warrant attention from a variety of stakeholders in the buying organization. In other instances, a complex sales process is needed when the buyer has never had experience with the vendor, technology being sold, or if the solution is business critical or impacts the buying organization on a strategic level. The series of filters, purchasing steps, and stakeholders involved are designed to reduce the risks associated with making the wrong buying decision. Often, the need to have multiple stakeholders or buyers involved relates to the level of risk that is involved in the purchase or sale of products and or services. As the buyer or buying organization, if the purchase only impacts a small group of people or component of the buying organization, then often the decision is made by one buyer and the process tends to be quite transactional. And it goes on to say that the larger the purchase and the buyer risk, the more trust and credibility required from the vendor. As a key account executive or complex sales executive, in addition to product knowledge and consultative selling skills, top producing sales executives also have the ability to build strong client relationships and navigate and avoid the political pitfalls with client organizations. So that's a fairly large, I guess, and big mouthful, we should say, as far as a definition of complex sales. But that's really what it's about. It's often where the big deals come from. We talk about closing bigger deals. They often happen in the arena where the deal gets complex. You're dealing with multiple decision makers, often many layers of decision making. It's often a very technical or conceptual sell. And here's the core definition. In our program, Managing Complex Business Relationships, that we developed throughout the last five, six years, as we look at this program, one of our core definitions is that complex sales or managing complex sales relationships is not about getting someone to buy, but it's actually about getting buy-in. I think this is a real key definition. It's about getting buy-in. So if you're selling a skyscraper, if you're selling a complex software solution, if you're selling a long-term consulting or engineering contract, this is often a complex sale. This is not going to happen right away. At best, in most cases, it might take us six months to close a deal. But in a lot of these deals, especially large consulting engineering contracts, they can take 18 months to two years to close as we move through various levels of government, for instance, stakeholders and individuals who are funding the project to eventually get a yes. 
So what I thought I'd do today is start off with really talking about a group we call the power players. It's really important in any complex deal we've mentioned that there's often stakeholders. Now there are internal stakeholders within an organization. There's also stakeholders maybe within a community if you're putting a large development project together or selling a solution that just doesn't impact the company but multiple organizations. What I'm going to do for the sake of this particular podcast is I'm going to drill down and focus into some of the key characters within a complex network. So often with a complex sale, what we're going to have, number one, is really six core characters. And they're what we like to define as the navigator, the ruler, the user, the protector, the opposer, and the contributor. So within any organization, you'll often have these characters. Now, often we'll start with one or two. We may, for instance, be meeting with a navigator who believes that what we have to offer benefit their company, and they're coaching us on how we can get in there and develop relationships with the key decision makers and influencers. Or it could be a ruler. Maybe we've met the key decision maker, and now they've told us, hey, this is great, I like this in concept, but now you have to get buy-in from our team. Or it might be a user, maybe an end user. Let's say you sell a CRM solution customer relations management solution that is and you meet a key account sales executive and this person says to you you know what this is a great solution I wish my company would purchase this and you may start at that point with a lead or referral from this place there's multiple users or power players in this network so let's talk about them number one the navigator the navigator is as defined by managing complex business relationships in our program we define the navigator as a person who directs or plots a course carefully and safely so this individual tends to help you plot and navigate through the loopholes and the challenges of the complex business relationship by helping you identify who the other power players are what the buying process is who's for and against you what power games or politics are going on, all these are examples of what the navigator may be doing for you. Some things to consider with a navigator is that they often won't sell for you. They're doing it for their own political gain or for altruistic purposes. They see that you doing business with their organization is going to benefit or help the organization overall. And so from an altruistic perspective, often they'll be willing to help you. Again, they don't sell for you, and often if we push to have them sell for us, we can lose the relationship. Realize they see themselves as a coach, a navigator, and sort of someone who likes to sit in the back bench and watch what's going on. Now, once you get the deal, they'll often take some credit for it, but only after it goes well. So this could be a senior manager, an executive in the target organization, someone within your organization, a former employee of that company, or an executive in another company that has a close relationship with your target client. It could be even, for instance, a consultant for that company. Now, let's talk a little bit about the ruler. This is the next character. The ruler is really is the decision maker. It goes by the golden rule. He or she who has the gold makes the rules. And they're a person who rules, commands, controls, or exercises authority. Often they don't like the bottom line. They want to see how does your solution fit into the big picture? What's my return on investment? Is it measurable? What are the main benefits from our organization? They're usually very results-oriented. They're a strategic thinker and visionary. They have accurate business information. And all this, although this person seems to maybe be conservative, they'll often take calculated risks within an organization. Here's some thoughts on dealing with the ruler as well. 
you often only get one chance to be in front of them. Don't waste their time. That chance will often be at a final presentation or maybe as you qualify to qualify for your first deal as you move into larger deals. And really make sure you do your research. Don't ask them questions you should know answers to and really make sure you stick to the big picture and the bottom line with this particular individual. This is typically the chairman of the board, the CEO, or the president, or the managing director, the regional or department manager, maybe a project coordinator, or an executive committee, so it could be a group of people making the final decision. Now, I'm going to go through who these characters are today in this podcast, and then as we move into the next couple podcasts, I'm going to talk about how to deal with them, develop relationships with them, and deal with challenges within this power player network. The third person is, of course, or type of person is the user. This is someone who performs an action or job with something. So the user may be a person who has to use the product or see that it is used or implemented, for instance. They could also be someone who has to manage the flow of products and then the pricing, merchandising, handling, exchange, stock levels, displays. So, for instance, it could be a category manager within a grocery store chain. Maybe you're selling them a particular product that's going to be distributed nationwide and they're responsible for implementing and distributing this new product you're selling them. It could be a decision-making group or committee that decides as a group. Very often there's more than one user but often there'll be some particular users with more influence within the power player network. They may be also one of the other power players. So as we look at this, one of the challenges here is many people and many salespeople that are detriment only sell at the top. They focus on the decision maker. They feel this is the most important thing is the person with the checkbook and the person who evaluates the solution. But they don't realize that unless the end user of your product or service, especially on a large scale, believes in the solution and feels they're involved, they can sabotage or block it at many levels. Users are going to be very concerned with utility. In other words, how does this affect my job? How much additional work am I going to have to do? Is this overall going to assist me in my career or is it going to hinder me? So these are some of the questions a user is going to ask about your solution. So this could be a store or department manager, an operator of equipment, a trainer, a merchandiser, a secretary, a salesperson is using a solution, for instance. Let's look at the last three characters here quickly. The next one is the protector. The protector is a person who defends from trouble, harm, or loss. I often look at the protector as often a procurement officer, someone in research development. If you're selling technology, it could be the CTO or someone in their technology department. Even if this person likes you as an individual, often they'll say no if it's not for the best interest of the company. In other words, they, they pride themselves on being very objective and very cognitive in their personality type. So here, let's think about some thoughts here. Number one is that they can't give the final yes in most cases, although they may pretend they can. But they can create a no that's definitive, so they can't stop a deal. They'll often be the one who decides whether or not you make the short list for proposals, and they can believe they're the ruler or a pseudo-ruler per se. So the protector will usually be really great at negotiations and details. If you're following an RFP, they're typically the one who will write it and review the first group of responses to decide who gets to be in the inner circle of bidders. And then when you're dealing with them, one of the thoughts of them is get to them early, especially in the RFP process, in case you have to negotiate additional changes to the RFP or want to introduce new information. So they could typically, again, be the controller, a chief financial officer, someone from a legal department, assisting the chairman or CEO, or even a purchasing agent.
So our opposer, who's the next character, is a person who's against something in speech or in action or resists strongly. Often they don't like you just because, well, you look like their brother-in-law, or they want their friend to get to the deal. Or maybe, for instance, they make $100,000 a year, and you as a consultant are charging $100,000 for the project, and they don't believe that you're worth it financially. So there's often an emotional opposition, or maybe they don't like you just because someone in the organization supports your business idea. So as we look at the opposer, one of the thoughts with them is that one of the worst things we can do is oppose them. My thoughts are be highly empathetic, step to their side, and build a relationship with all of the other power players in the network so that your strong business case will often overwhelm their emotional opposition. Here's some thoughts with them as well. The opposer can be anyone involved in the decision-making process being affected by the decision negatively or perceived to be negative. They may be affected politically, financially, career-wise, or even budget-wise. Now, the last person is the contributor. The contributor is often what I like to call my second or my silent salesperson. This is someone who wants to see you get the deal. They have a relationship with often the ruler or group of rulers from an informal perspective. So this could be a secretary, this could be a spouse, this could be a golfing buddy of the CEO, for instance. And they'll often push for the deal for you from the back end and help you sell additionally. Now, often, their level of push is equated to your level of relationship with them. In other words, if you've had a long-standing relationship with them, they'll often lobby for you hard. If you've just got to know them, they'll often gently inquire and give you a moderate level referral. So this is our thoughts. Is the stronger our relationship with the contributor, often the stronger the endorsement you're going to get from them. This person could again be an outside consultant, a supplier, a mentor, someone who has their ear, consultant or specialist in their network, clubs and or associations, or even again spouse or family. So that's our core six power players. And I'll just leave you with these thoughts quickly here is as we look at these power players, my thoughts, I always look at them and say, what do I need to do to take my relationship to the next level with this person? What is their credibility model? Am I monitoring and tracking all my touches? As salespeople, we're great at follow-up, often with one account person or one key contact like the ruler. But do I have all six of these core decision makers or power players or groups of power players in my contact management system with a progressive and managed and proactive process to develop a relationship and take the deal to the next level? So those are some of my thoughts for you on today's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Now, just one final thought, a couple of thoughts here, is for those of you who haven't visited ClosingBigger.net or you haven't visited ClosingBigger.net recently, we've fully updated the program. In the past, we used a software called Movable Type, and now we're using a blogging software called WordPress, which is much more interactive, much easier to find all of our articles, and you can find all the archives to our programs on that site. In addition to that, We've now, we're now holding, for those of you who are in the Vancouver area, a monthly sales meetup. It's a sales performance meetup. We're sharing best practices. It's a free event. 
It's not the Shane Gibson show. It's really about bringing sales professionals together throughout Vancouver and bringing in guest speakers for half an hour each month, plus networking with top sales executives in the city and really sharing best practices. So for those of you who are also interested in that, you can also visit closingbigger.net and click on the sales meetup badge on the right-hand side. So again, thank you very much for listening to today's sales podcast. There'll be two more podcasts coming up on complex selling in the next couple days.